0: Uh how how are you? How how are you doing? <laughs> I'm
1: okay. Uh I'm sure for most of our listeners, just like Katie and I, this past week was pretty intense and crazy. Mm-hmm. I know I cried. <laughs> so, uh we just wanted to check in on everyone's mental health. Mental health is always so important, but especially with everything going on in the world right now. Make sure that you're reaching out to your people. Uh, And taking care of yourselves right now. Yeah. I'd say that's the most
0: important. Absolutely. Wait, I didn't tell you. Okay, just talking about uh, mental health and last Tuesday. um, So in the midst of all of that, I I was supposed to uh, talk to my therapist that night and meet with her, um, previously scheduled. um, But I got a text from her because she texted me. Pretty cool like that. Um, I just have to read this to you because it my mind like couldn't process it. So this is at like 430 Eastern time. Uh, oh, I guess it was last Wednesday. I keep saying last Tuesday. Why do I no, think it's Tuesday? Oh, Tuesday was the election. Okay. A runoff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Um, anyway. <laughs> so last Wednesday. So she texts me. We're, like, in the midst of everything going on. I'm, like, glued to my phone, and I get this text that goes, I wonder if you'd be willing to move our appointment to tomorrow at 6. I broke my elbow last Monday, and my splint has caused my fingers to turn nearly black, and I need to have it removed tonight. Is that okay?
1: What a nice (laughs) therapist. It
0: was like, yes. We are (laughs) mid-coup. This is not... (laughs) i was like yeah that's totally fine nobody like we rescheduled and all that but i was just like what so um anyway check uh, check on your therapists
1: not to burst your bubble but i text with my therapist as well and uh when i was scheduling my appointments a couple like months ago she was like yeah, just so you know I'm taking the rest of the week off after the election because I won't be a very good therapist depending on what happens. And I was like, totally fair. You know <laughs> I what? <respect> yeah. That. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So, yeah, just just take care of yourselves. That's the biggest thing that I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a very special update pivoting a little bit. Um, specifically for Katie, Abby, one of our former guests, um, and any of my other friends that uh, watched The Bachelor, I did watch Matt James's first episode. And I, yes. I will continue yes. to watch as long as I can. Wonderful. So here are some takeaways. Okay. I haven't watched The Bachelor since like Ari's season.
0: Yeah. It's and like, he that is was, trash. We don't like it. It was bad. No, no, no. <laughs> no.
1: So I haven't watched Bachelorette, Bachelorette in Paradise, any of those things. So it's been a while and I didn't realize that they could show up in a different vehicle besides a limousine.
0: Oh yes. Your entrance, you like whatever idea you have, you can take to the producers and they'll probably let you do it.
1: Um I liked the also maybe a few spoilers, so hopefully you watched it. Um I did I did like the girl that got the first impression rose. She seemed like very. Abigail. Like genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there were a few other people that I liked. I really liked. I don't know her name, but I really liked the runway model. I thought she just. Seemed Chelsea. Like a, like a bad bitch. Like. Yeah. <laughs> like big really, fan of
0: Chelsea. Yeah.
1: Really like her. Um. But otherwise, I thought it was good. I really like Matt James. He seemed, he seemed like really nervous, which was like cute. Like, I think he like is made him seem...
0: nervous because he has never been on the show before. So right. as as you may know, but maybe others don't, like The Bachelor or Bachelorette, they're always picked from pretty much like the top three, whoever got in the top three or has been in the top three in the past. But like they are always a contestant from the show. And I think that's smart because then you have experience, like, you know what the other people are going through. Um, And he was supposed to be a contestant on this past season of The Bachelorette. But then um, they kind of like met with him and that got postponed because of COVID. So they decided they wanted him to be The Bachelor before that even started filming. So it's a little bit different. I'm curious to see like how that's going to go, having not had him. Be on the show before but
1: well i think it's kind of good i feel like fresh like perspective fresh like uh take on things maybe is good and i obviously i hope that the bachelor and bachelorette franchise continues to like promote diversity and be more uh open to people other than white people <laughs> um So I think that's it's it's a good first step. It's not like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, they changed anything, um, but it's a good first step. Yeah. He is
0: the first black bachelor for anyone who wasn't. We've had uh, two black bachelorettes at this point, uh, but he's going to be the first or he is the first black bachelor. So uh, definitely a lot of progress because Bachelor Nation is like known for being not very progressive whatsoever and a lot of in the past a lot of contestants have like they just they won't talk about anything that is maybe not I don't know anything remotely controversial they like wouldn't talk about at all even though they're influencers and have these really big platforms they just wouldn't speak on it because they're like no I want to keep my endorsements with like flat tummy tea that is promoting eating disorders um <laughs> that's well, another that's the issue other, but
1: that's the other thing that I was gonna say is that I was really hoping that there was gonna be some body diversity on this season mm-hmm. because I think in an interview Matt James was like yeah I'm interested in like all shapes and sizes and colors of women and I was like great but then of course like <laughs> yeah
0: no there is everyone
1: like- is like a size four or smaller, which is fine. I'm not like thin shaming or anything like that. I just think like it would be nice to have show that just diversity. Because, yeah. Yeah. Just because you're not thin doesn't mean like you're not worthy of love and like mm-hmm. finding love and being a great, you mm-hmm. know. So um, that would be my other criticism, I guess, or yeah. hope for the future that that that's something that they think about.
0: I agree. Also, I just wanted to do a quick, um, I don't know, shout out recommendation. If you're interested in Bachelor Nation stuff and also um, how the Bachelor franchise is progressing and is becoming more diverse and inclusive, um, a really good Instagram account slash podcast to go find. It's, It's called Date Card Pod. So date card, like, you know, the date card that they get to go on dates. Um, I follow their Instagram and they are really, really good at just finding stuff from the social media accounts of contestants, like former contestants, current contestants. So like most recently they were showing um, which current contestants like spoke out about Black Lives Matter of the summer and which ones did not and which ones spoke up or made a statement this week or this past week. Um, about what happened in D.C. and which ones did not. And so just if that's something that you're interested in, I would recommend that. So date card pod.
1: Were there any like any like juicy revelations that you've seen so far?
0: Uh, no. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's like pretty much what you would expect. Um, A lot of the the more like recent people who have been on the bachelor so not that I mean obviously like uh the last bachelorette Taysha, she is like fairly outspoken about this stuff um and the winner um or like not winner I don't know so last season Claire left early because she like picked her person his name is Dale and then that's why they brought Taysha in but Dale was speaking out about it so that's like a big deal but the people before that, like Pilot Pete and the top two girls from his season and Hannah Brown and Tyler Cameron, other well-known people who were recently on the show, um, have not said anything. So. Interesting. They could do better.
1: Yep. I would agree.
0: Uh, well,
1: I have no idea how to transition to this next topic. Do you? I was going to talk about this (laughs) great, great salad that I made. I was going
0: to say, what's the next
1: topic? (laughs) Okay, so I have made this like twice now, and I'm going to make it again today. And it's a roasted Greek salad. Okay. I know. And the best part is that there's feta cheese, Mm, and you you bake it. (gasps) You bake the feta. So it gets all like crispy and creamy
0: have you ever fried Basically, feta cheese i have it's like so good like deep fried no just like pan fried. It's fr- yeah it was a half-baked harvest recipe um that so good. good it's so like good.
1: that flaming
0: greek cheese yeah, saganaki? Yeah, yeah is that what it's called Did you say saganaki is that that's not right i don't think so that's i think it's like something like that Oh my God, no, you're right. I'm dumb. All right. Yes. <laughs> thank God we did a live fact check. Okay. Well,
1: Katie loses some of her cheese was lover points, thinking I think.
0: Because... but that's the like spinach. Yeah. It's like a pastry. cheese yeah.
1: pastry. Yeah. Anyways, we can still be friends. Yay. Um, so the salad, it's like roasted red peppers, tomatoes, chickpeas, mm-hmm. shallots. Mm -hmm. feta Mm -hmm. and then you bake that and you add cucumber greek olives and this like lemon olive oil oregano dressing after it comes out of the oven and it is so good
0: have you had um at trader joe's they have a new product that is it's like a little can of chickpeas and it says it's greek chickpeas with parsley and cumin in a little like pop-top can. Um, and I got it the other day. And it's so yummy. And it sounds like this would be like really good to use as the chickpeas Ooh. in this recipe. Definitely. i remember never
1: bought those. I'm just now foraying into the land of chickpeas more seriously. I bought a couple cans last weekend and I roasted them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for just like toppings on things or just like as like a snack and they're really good although I think I needed to cook them a little bit longer they weren't quite like crispy enough um I wonder if you can put them like in the
0: air fryer
1: a hundred percent I put everything in there
0: (laughs) I still haven't used mine yet because I'm like nervous I don't know how to use it it's so
1: it's Okay, the air fryer is way easier to use than the actual instant pot oh, itself. In okay. my opinion, you literally just spray cooking spray, put your whatever you're going to cook in and then mm-hmm. spray a little bit more cooking spray on top. Mm-hmm. And I usually like go to the internet and like say I'm making, I don't know, mozzarella sticks cuz that's like usually <laughs> I make I'll just Google like frozen mozzarella sticks air fryer. Okay. And you'll usually find the time and temperature and you just set it. That's what I need um, to do.
0: This next round of yeah. meal meal menu planning, whatever, grocery planning, I will take into account maybe some air fryer res- recipes.
1: Also, I know you said that you're doing dry January, I am. but I saw this TikTok. Uh, that someone bought this bottle of wine from Aldi okay. called Ice Ice Wine. Okay, I'm going to write and this down. F- yeah, I you need to buy it because there's no Aldi here, and I'm like really sad. It's called Ice Wine, and they freeze the grapes before they turn them into wine. Oh. And I think it was like 12, 12 bucks. The bottle that he showed was white wine, but my guess is they probably have a red wine version
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and the guy was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. Best wine ever."
0: Okay. I so. will give that a try. So, I know I did tell you that we are doing uh dry January, but I didn't tell you it's like dry January with a little asterisk because we are only doing dry January until January 22nd. Um because that is Joe's birthday and also his album release date. Uh so Obviously, that, I think, warrants some celebration and celebration with alcohol, I guess. So totally. it's really like three weeks that that we're doing dry January, which is still I think good. that's great.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's whatever you want to do to feel good. Any time, always, about anything. That's my motto. <laughs> uh, oh, just a quick update uh, for everyone. On the 30-Day Yoga Challenge, because Mm -hmm. I know everyone was like, wow, Aurelia, you're so athletic. How's that going? (laughs)
2: Um,
1: (laughs) I've probably done three days of the yoga challenge. And I want to – I don't know if she listens, but my friend Brooke, she's been tagging me every day in Instagram stories, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. It's a really good reminder. Yeah,
0: accountability.
1: if I don't do yoga, I've been doing something else. Like, I'll do – a dance workout or I'll go for a walk Mm -hmm. or I'll do like some crunches. I'll just do something because when I move my body, it just, it's so good for my mental health. That's really what this is for. Yeah. This week, especially it was like,
0: I just found myself like staring at the TV screen, watching the news and like could just feel myself spiraling. And I was like, okay, I need to go take like 30 minutes gonna go do a workout, get back, get back in a a better headspace, and it definitely helped. So,
1: a hundred percent. Like, and I, I definitely have had my periods in my life where I like hate working out, but mm-hmm. I just oh, yeah. noticed that it's so good for me. And after, I'm just like, hell yes. Even if it, I just went for a walk, like, even if you just do a little something, it really makes a
0: difference. Yeah, because as we all know, it releases endorphins, and endorphins make people happy. Thank you. And DJ hap- blonde.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> and happy people just don't kill their husbands. They just don't. <laughs> they just don't. On that note, uh, we uh, have some very special guests. This week, uh, Sarah and Josie, um, mm-hmm. they are both music therapists and they, this year they uh, formed their songwriting business and they sing a beautiful, oh, oh my God, gosh. I cried so much. <laughs> they, this song, they, it's so good. Uh, and and they're just su- such talented musicians. So we, mm-hmm. we do the interview and then the song is at the end. So we really hope... You enjoy this very special episode. Hi, welcome Josie and Sarah. We're so excited to have you guys with us today. Um, and it's my understanding that you're both music therapists, And you also have a songwriting
3: business together, which is super cool. I'm like geeking out a little bit. (laughs) Thank you so much, Katie and Aurelia. We're so happy to be with you guys today and tell you a little bit about music therapy and also our latest creation of our songwriting business. Um, I guess we'll start by just kind of sharing a little bit about ourselves, if that's okay.
0: Oh, yeah. And if you want to say which one of you is Josie and which one of you is Sarah (laughs) so people like get used to your different voices I'm
4: Josie yes and I'm Sarah perfect so we actually we both are from um Indiana born and raised and um we grew up in different cities but we ended up meeting each other when we went to the same college the University of Evansville in Indiana um And we both went to school specifically for music therapy. And so we know that's kind of a unique career. A lot of people haven't heard of that. And it actually started in the 50s. Um, People, musicians went into hospitals to start treating veterans. And musicians wanted to see if they could help with the PTSD that veterans were experiencing. And that was like the first use of therapeutic music that's documented for trained um, musicians and then it turned into um, music therapy as what it is today which it takes um, a bachelor's degree in music therapy specifically and it's sort of like a music degree paired with a psychology degree with a lot of practicum experience hands-on experience doing music therapy and then you do a six-month internship which is actually what brought us both down here to Florida <laughs> yeah
3: we have very similar stories we're basically the same person <laughs> no so um Sarah is a year, year older than me and she came down to Florida and did a an internship with a hospice company down here and she was like come on down the water's good you know she <laughs> she talked me into it so, so I came down and joined her and you know we've been kind of attached at the the hip ever since and we work at the same company right now so we're together all the time and just really love creating together and our love of music and helping people I think is really a that common bond between us for sure.
0: Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah I definitely really want to like dive into what being a music therapist is like and day-to-day kind of stuff. Uh, But before we do, we always ask our guests the same question. And that is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Was it a music therapist?
3: (laughs) Well, I didn't learn about music therapy until, I think it was my junior year of high school. Um, but I guess it kind of similar. I wanted to be Britney Spears without <laughs> a doubt.
0: So I think we <laughs> could say she, she's that. definitely helping all of us with her music. I, oh yeah. I
3: think I might've ended up a little better now. <laughs> with her <laughs> I
1: don't know if you've seen <laughs> her uh, Instagram posts lately, oh but my
3: gosh. I do not know. She <laughs> She, she is. Her TikTok too, it's just... It makes you wonder what is going on with
0: that girl. Hashtag free (laughs) Britney. Free Britney.
4: She needs our
0: help, people. It is a
4: sad situation. It's very sad. It's sad, but yeah. I'm thankful (laughs) 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 there. Yeah, I I went through a vet stage, as I think we all do. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I love animals. Um, Another stage I went through was I wanted to be a chef. But I, as Josie also, I didn't learn about what music therapy was at all until I was a senior in high school. And so it was kind of getting down to the wire. And I thought, like, okay. I guess, I mean, I want to help people. Maybe I should be a counselor, a psychologist. That just doesn't sound like it's creative enough for me. Like I feel too boxed in. And um, my middle school band director, uh, her daughter had just started a degree in music therapy. And she was like, Sarah, I think you'd be really good at this. And that was when I first heard of it. And so I I started looking for colleges that had a music therapy therapy program department oh my gosh (laughs) program and department um for me and so I definitely went a different way as well but I'm glad to be a music therapist now too
0: wow good for your band teacher
4: (laughs) yeah very grateful for her I ran into her at a Mexican restaurant when I was home this past September and it's just so crazy because I was like her and her daughter, the music therapist was there who I've run into at conferences before. So it was kind of crazy. I got a chance to like, tell her, thank you. Like recently, you know, in 2020, I could say, I want to thank you because I've been doing this for seven years now and it's all because of you. So thanks. It was awesome.
0: Oh, that's so great. I used to teach high school. So I, yeah, getting those like little surprise, uh, thank yous from kids. is like, the best thing ever so yeah you probably made her day um did you so i you were in band in middle school uh did when did you guys start playing music or like did you just grow up in musical families or kind of what was that process
4: yeah mine my family is not musical at all no neither is mine yeah we're kind (laughs) of like sheep of our family definitely (laughs) and always like yes like we're the black sheep Yeah, there is definitely some pictures floating around of me with like huge hair and a sequin dress when I was three years old. And I was singing Whitney Houston (laughs) at all family events. (laughs) I was like the headliner in my own little world. I had my like microphone that would laugh when you tapped it with your toe. So I would tell jokes and then laugh at my own jokes. It was great. So that was my new <laughs> training, that's when it really began for me, but <laughs> I did not get any professional like vocal training until I went to college. Like in college, I learned guitar and I learned um, vocal training, which both of those I use every day now. Um, but through middle school and high school, I'm a flute player. So I played flute and that's what I used to audition to get into school.
3: I um, never played an instrument growing up. Um, I was always the singer. I remember being really little and my friends would be like, shut up, like stop singing. Like you're singing, will you just stop? I I didn't even realize I was singing. I do that to this day. It's it's a little crazy, but yeah, I've just always like loved music and singing and creating my own little songs. And um, in sixth grade, I started choir, and I was in choir all throughout um, middle school, high school, and college, and I also did musicals. In college, I did operas, um, always just involved in, in music. In high school, I had this really cool experience. I was in this um, a cappella singing group called Angelus, and we wore capes. We wore cloaks. That's a... <laughs> That's what they're called, and we sang like medieval chant. <laughs> so cool. Of course, yeah, as so you cool. do. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've just always loved singing. And when I found out about music therapy my junior year of high school, it was just the perfect combination of sharing music, but getting to use it in a way that brings comfort and and healing to people. So, yeah, I never looked back after that. I was on my way and I've loved it ever since. So
0: me too. That's really different from what I was thinking. I thought that like anyone in music therapy probably has been playing like five different instruments since they were, you know, the age of three or something like that. Like I would have been like, Oh, well, because I don't do all of this other stuff. I I can't go into it, but it sounds like as long as you have the passion for it and so you know, you guys were all involved in music stuff um it's definitely a path people could pursue so that's really good to know
4: yes absolutely yeah i mean
0: yeah i think a
3: lot of people like you said katie think that you have to have be this like musical prodigy or something right, right and right. that's not the case at all as long as you like you said you're passionate about at least one instrument you can audition um for music schools and take that. And then once you're in the program, it really expands your uh, experience with instruments, you know, guitar. We took two years of piano, learned percussion. So it's a really well-rounded training. And you learn in that, you learn how to apply it in a clinical setting in order to meet goals and objectives that you've established for the patients and clients. Right. So uh,
1: what qualifies a client to do music therapy versus traditional therapy? Is it their choice or it's recommended? Uh, How does that work?
4: Yeah, so um, there has to be a clinical need for music therapy. So specifically, um, so I just want to say as music therapy goes, you can work with different populations. And Josie and I have chosen to work with hospice, but music therapists work in all types of settings. They work in schools, they work with um, children with special needs. um, They work in hospitals, prisons, rehab centers, uh, with Alzheimer's centers, you know, all types of different ranges. And so, you know, we do get trained to work in all of those different populations in our schooling but then you kind of choose which population you want to focus in on a little bit with your internship. And then you choose what career path you want to go to. So you can have experience working in all of these. I personally have chosen hospice and stuck with hospice specifically. And so I've done it now for a long time. And that's kind of the perspective I'll probably talk from. Um, And I think you would say the same. You've had some
3: Yeah, I would say, I mean, hospice is where my heart is, I would say for sure. But um, I've also had some experience working in um, drug rehab, and also with um, adults and children with developmental disabilities. So I've had a little bit of that experience, which really made me rediscover my love for hospice. Um,
4: So yeah, I'd say that's kind of the route that I've chosen and will stick with yeah so hospice for those of you who do not know is when someone is diagnosed with six months or less to live and that's just an approximate we don't know um, death dates by any means but if they can say that there's a possibility that they would die from a disease process within the next six months then they qualify for hospice care so we're a medical company that comes in we send a nurse a social worker a chaplain a music therapist um, to facilities or to the home to care for the patient there. So, um, so all that being said, to answer your question, our patients have to have a clinical need, whether that be anxiety, a respiratory discomfort, pain, um, some coping or grieving needs where they're having some really difficult times, depression, isolation, um, some sensory neurological things that we work on, um agitation and spiritual needs we help with as well and so as long as one of those needs is there the nurse actually writes a doctor's order for music therapy and then we come and evaluate the patient to see if they're appropriate and how often we're going to see them and what that plan of care is going to look like and what we can use to address those needs that they have absolutely So, I don't know if this
1: is (laughs) so. When you're actually doing the music therapy, is it that you're playing the instruments for the patient or they're doing it? Like, how does that work?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit of both. So, we come in and we primarily use voice and guitar as our main instruments because they're just very easy to transport, for one, much easier than a piano. Um, And a music therapy session can look very different depending on the patient. So say we have a patient who we're seeing for pain or like a physical symptom, we would probably come in and everything that we play is patient preferred because that's what the patient is gonna respond best to, you know, the music that they enjoy. So we might do some guided meditation using music, guided imagery, music assisted relaxation. There's something that we do called the isorhythmic principle which is where we basically meet the patient where they are. Like, so if a patient's in a really agitated state we might start playing music that's a little bit louder or faster in tempo and then gradually slow it down to a place where they research shows that the patient will reflect that response so they become less agitated you know their breathing might start to slow and we want to take them to that uh, more calm state exactly. so that's just one example of sure. an intervention that we might do
4: and normally we're seeing uh, patients individually based on our you know just medicare <laughs> practices and stuff we do individual therapy so a different session that would look completely different would be like a sensory neurological patient that we are trying to engage who has impaired communication. So I've had a patient once who very dear, near and dear to my heart, um, he had, had a stroke and he had impaired communication um, and the family was having a really hard time dealing with that because he was completely alert aware able to make his needs known but when he would try to speak just the words were not coming out it was nonsensical and so um but I came in and I would sing songs from the 40s and 50s which is the time in his 20s and 30s where we have the most impactful times you know we're getting married or we're falling in love or we're buying a house or we're having children and those are the times when that music is going to mean a whole lot to us and so that was the type of music I would play for him and he could sing the words clearly with me. And his family would just fall apart because it was just incredible to see him really being able to enunciate and say things. And they they just remembered who he really was past that disease process. And so that session looks completely different than what Josie described, you know, and so we never really know what we're gonna walk in and do. We meet the patient wherever they are. So first we always address physical needs. So if there's pain, if they're short of breath, you know, if they're having anxiety, we're not gonna be able to work on coping and grieving needs until we deal with the physical symptom. So that's what we address first, and then we kind of dig deeper. And so one of the another example of something we do when we work with grieving and coping needs is we produce legacy projects so we can also do songwriting with patients and families we can do life review through um, going through some of the hard parts and the awesome parts of their lives and processing it over again helping them deal with some stuff so that they can let go at the end of life and feel like they've accomplished something you know so those sessions all look very different so we never really know exactly what we could be doing
3: yeah yeah those goals change from one session to the next, and um, as Sarah mentioned, we do legacy projects, and I wanted to just touch on one of my favorite types of legacy projects. We do heartbeat recordings, so we have a stethoscope that has a microphone in the bell, and so we can actually record the patient's heartbeat, and oftentimes I do this towards the very end. Oftentimes the patient is non-responsive, they're actively dying at that point, um, and it's more for the family to like have that treasure to hang on to, always have a piece of their loved one. And so we'll record the heartbeat and then use that as like the rhythm of a song that they have loved. So you are my sunshine. So we'll play it on top of it. We'll sing it, you know, not, it's not pre-recorded or anything and then give that to the family. So they have that, you know, piece of, piece of their loved ones, something positive to remember in their you know hospice experience so it's always been really special
4: and i mean it literally is a piece of their loved one that they get to keep you know alive forever you know Mm -hmm. and and so i've done that project and it's just so special and also songwriting too it's just one of my favorites it's Mm -hmm. it's so cool to like meet someone who may not have any musical ability and they're looking at you like you're crazy when you ask them if they want to write a song about their life (laughs) and and then you know a couple weeks later you have this finished product and they are so proud of it so so proud of it and you're kind of like, how did that happen? And they're like, how did that happen? And it was just this like beautiful creative experience you get to have with this person. Um, And and I get paid to do that. Like, are you kidding? That's just the best job, so cool. That's
0: That's really like heartwarming to hear those stories of what you can get out of this, yeah.
3: So shifting gears a little bit, obviously with your clients, um, you, you
1: know go with their musical preferences, whatever makes them comfortable. But I wanna know, um, what are your guys' musical influences? Like, what do you um, like and what like inspires you musically?
3: Oh gosh, I think it's changed many times yeah. over the years. Besides for new Yeah, I mean, I guess, know, in our work, we have to know so much, so many different types of music. So I feel like that really influences our personal music, taste in music. Um, I guess, you know, before I started my career in hospice, I really loved, like pop and mainstream, like country. um, But I've discovered a love for music from the 60s 70s 80s um right now I love Tracy Chapman she's like my girl so um I mean I don't know I it's hard to pick a favorite because honestly we're we're influenced by music every single day we have to learn songs constantly and it's like oh my gosh I've never heard this but I love it I love that style so I don't know if that answers your question but it's (laughs) ever-changing
4: yeah I know my mom um she was a big 90s music lover you know I I listened to a lot of Whitney growing up but she also really liked the Eagles so I have that like kind of classic rock in there too um of course I went through my like emo whiny stage I'm a huge fallout boy girl I'm not afraid to admit it um I love them they got me through some really hard times and why were those times so hard now that I'm like adulting I'm like what was I going through um but I also I think really in college I discovered rap and it's kind of interesting because I I love rap I love rap and it got me I started freestyling with one of my good friends and we started back and forth like text freestyling back and forth (laughs) to each other and it really just got me that's really what started my writing and songwriting if I really go back and think um I just discovered how cool rap is and so I also like rap because it's so different from what I'm singing all day long with my patients and so of course I, I have a love of Frank Sinatra I sing Frank Sinatra every day of my life you know and I and I love him and I love it I love music from all of the decades but when I go to my car and I need to like reset and escape that before I go to this <laughs> I like to listen to rap like Jake is my guy I love rap it's an interesting dynamic when you use music
3: every day all day mm-hmm. it kind of like I don't know, like I find myself when I go to my car after a visit, I want to listen to a podcast versus mm. music because it's just, That's it's you. so interesting how like audio stimulation like we're, I'm, I'm just all musiced out at that point. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's important to say <laughs> that now that we are full-time music therapists, it's like, we kind of have to make time for music ourselves because we're making it for other people so often. Yeah definitely
4: kind of kind of performing a little bit there's an Mm -hmm. element of performance to 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 the songs that we do because we have to sing it appropriately to a way that's going to touch that patient and so you know when you're when you are performing the same songs often you do have to have an original outlet I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of why we started Melody Bounce Co really so
0: yeah, no, I totally get that. Like, I used to teach uh, high school government, and so I just spent my whole day talking about government and politics. So then, when I was with my friends, and they were like bringing stuff up, and they would have a million questions for me, <laughs> I'm like, guys, can we just eat our chips and salsa, please? Like, <laughs> I need, I need a minute. I need, I need a break. Um, you mentioned your songwriting business. I definitely would like to hear more about that. Can you tell us like, just how, are you both kind of thinking of heading in that direction or did one person really like spearheaded or how did that bubble up in uh 2020?
3: Oh gosh. Well, I guess it all kind of started around Mother's Day because I wanted to write my mom a song for Mother's Day. Um, and just just about the impact that she's had on me. I'm adopted. So it's about how like um, blood isn't always thicker, you know, our bond is so special. Um, and so Sarah kind of helped me write that song and we were just like, this is so cool. We, are, we're, we work together so well. We just bounce ideas off of each other and mesh. Like people have asked us to explain our process and we can't because it's just,
4: I don't know. So, so unique in that way, but um, like, I could not do this without her. Like, Mm. and I, I know she couldn't do it without me or, or maybe we could maybe try to pull it off, but it would not be what it is without Mm. each other because we work together really well. Mm. Um, and we're best friends. We're super annoying to to play cards against humanity with because, <laughs> because we, we always eat, pick each other's bad. card because we have the same <laughs> sense of humor. Like that's that's the friendship that we have, we've discovered. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, part? on that level. <laughs> so anyway, after we wrote this song and we had a blast doing it, we were just kind of like, we're, we're kind of decent at this when we do work together. Like this is cool. And, um, you know, we had a friend say, like, you guys should do this for other people. Like you could get paid to do this. And it was, it kind of stuck in my head and it stuck in her head. And she called me like the next day and was like, I'm making our website come over. Like we're, we're starting a business. And I'm like, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> like, and so she's definitely like the doer and I'm like the dreamer. <laughs> and so she helps me like get it done, get stuff done. Um, but yeah, we started a songwriting business and I don't even know how we came up with the name, but it all came together really quickly. It was kind of a whirlwind. We made a decision and we went with it and, um, we made this process where what we do is we have someone buy a custom song and we'll do a consultation with them. So we'll ask them, um, who is this song for? You can write a you can have a song written for any occasion or any person in your life. It's often
3: gifted, so someone might get a song for um, their parent for an anniversary sure. or their fiance or something like that. But it could be for the person who actually buys the song too. So I mean, we're open. There's no expectations when it comes to that.
4: Yeah. So the person um, will buy a song and we'll consult with them and we'll talk about that person's um, musical preferences. So if you're buying a song for your husband, we want to know what kind of music your husband listens to and likes because that's the kind of song we want to make for him. Um, we'll ask about special memories, different stories, qualities about that person, or, um, and then we'll, we'll take what you've given us and we'll work with it and we'll create a song and we'll share it with you and, um, and you'll be able to gift that to that person. So we try to make it very customizable, um, very special. I mean, who gets a song for a gift? (laughs) That's so
3: (laughs) different. (laughs) different, different. Yeah, and I think it's something that kind of like stamps time. Like it it shows you in a time of your life. And it's something that like never goes out of style, which I think a lot of gifts are materialistic. When you think of a gift, you know, an object, but this is like, I feel like just a little bit deeper and intimate, which can be really special. I mean, we've written songs for birthdays, for one of our first song with Melody Box was our good friend Meg. And um she wanted us to create a song. <laughs> she wanted to
4: create a song. Yeah. yeah. It was it's funny because it's our it was already so unique. Um just coming up with this to begin with. And then our very first order was something we hadn't thought of yet because yeah. Meg was moving away and wanted like a move, moving away song to celebrate her friends. Her family was having a really tough time with the move. And so she wanted a gift that said, you know, I love you guys, but I have to do this. I have to like fly and kind of be independent now. And so we got to put that in words for her and it was yeah. so cool. I mean, really cool stuff. And we've, um, We've also written songs that kind of are a sort of legacy for an entire family, which is the one we're actually gonna share with you. Do you wanna talk about that one? Yeah, so back in August,
3: we had this lady reach out to us and she was telling us that she really wanted us to create um, something for her father. And her father had um, ALS. And she, she mentioned that, you know, he's, he's declining and she really wanted to give this song to him for his birthday, uh, which was in September. And so we did our consultation with her. She told us all about her family and all about the impact that her father and mother both had on their family, creating this this huge family that they have now. And just like a hometown, all about faith and love type of song. And so we wrote a song in um, in honor of her father and um, she was already over over the moon with the song her, her 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 dad liked it her mom liked it and we also created a lyric video and a photo slideshow to the to the song as well that kind of like went along with their story and you know we after she got the song we kind of stopped talking for a while and then she let us know back in December that her dad actually passed away. And um, so she was just really grateful that he had the chance to hear that song and appreciate it. And um, she was telling us how her mom insisted that that song was played at the beginning of his funeral, which we were just so honored. And um, it was just, it's just so cool to see the impact that you have on people and, and through music, obviously through music therapy, but through this way as well. It's cool to meet someone you don't even know and be able to tell their story in a song. It's just, right. it's so cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow, yeah, that's super special. And you guys get to be part of these other people's journeys, which is really cool. It's like a very unique opportunity for sure. Right.
4: Um.
1: Well, uh before uh you guys get to the song performance which i'm so excited about um why don't you share with our listeners um uh, if they are interested in um getting a song written or want to learn more uh about you guys uh where can they go
4: yeah we are on instagram at melody box co Um, You can find us there. You can always message us, uh, or we have a website, www.melodyboxco.com. You can go there and um, you'll find the different pricing options and our contact info. Even if you're just not sure if we are able to write the type of song that you want, definitely reach out and contact us and we'll we'll give it our best shot and see what we can do to help you. yeah, we're also on
3: Facebook, and then you can also email us at create at melodyboxco.com. So, any of those outlets, we'd be happy to meet with you and and create your song.
2: Cool.
1: go. <laughs> well, whenever you guys are ready.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. Okay. It all started back in high school. She was a sophomore, and he was a junior. He drove on by, and that red road runner, they knew in that moment that they would be forever. 73, they sealed their union, built a foundation on seven generations. Three kids later, their love was still strong, using humility and faith as the bond. servant. Your kind heart and gentle spirit never stray. When times got hard, you made the best. You had each other and let Jesus do the rest. 47 years whole lot of love John Deere loyal and they're still making jokes 10 grandchildren a strong family tree there are deep roots in this growing legacy well done good and faithful service Kind heart and gentle spirit, never stray. When times got hard, you made the best. You had each other and let Jesus do the rest. When times got hard, we'll make the best.
0: We have each other so let jesus do the rest that was so beautiful thank you so much yeah thank yeah. you for sharing that with us really yes. Yeah,
1: very nice i i have
2: teared up a little
0: bit <laughs> that's really well, sweet. and knowing that it knowing that it's a like a real story like you know when you listen to stuff on the radio you're like oh this is like so nice and I get it it's meaningful but like to have real details from someone's story and be listening to that and just know the history behind it it's like it's so special yeah,
4: yeah, so. yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you so much um, for
1: being with us God, yes thank honor.
4: you such an honor yeah. seriously thank you um we love <laughs> promoting music therapy <laughs> absolutely
3: any chance we get to talk about music therapy songwriting yeah we love it It's our passion so we're happy to have shared it with you guys today awesome mm-hmm. thank, thank you we
1: we'll talk to you guys it. later okay.
3: bye, thank you. bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Girls Just Wanna. If you've made it
1: this far, we consider you a close and personal friend.
0: So we hope you'll subscribe and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.
1: And follow us at GJW Podcast on Instagram and Facebook.
0: We love you. We love you. Bye.